0: we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. We are blessed. I usually end on usually in most services right down there, leaning up against something, just talking about how blessed we are. Guys, we are a blessed people. We get to come together and we get to do that. We get to sing his praise. We get to stand before the God of this universe and lift him up. And this is just the start. We are 10,000 years, we're just getting started. Eternity, eternity, we, we can't wrap our minds around of Eternity. Think about all those that have gone on and beat us there. They are in his presence singing praises, whatever that looks like. He's there. That's all that matters. Be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, those who have trusted him and those who know him. Guys, we get to look forward to that. We don't don't shrink back. We we don't worry. We, We long. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. When you look around the world and you see how things are, Guys, there's an urgency to what we do. There's an urgency to the message preached. There's an urgency to the gospel. There's an urgency that is on you and I to not just come and receive those who have believed, not just come and to to be entertained, but to take the truth of the message to a lost and dying world who desperately needs Jesus, desperately. Needs Jesus. If you've got your Bibles on, I invite you to turn with me over to 2 Timothy. We're, we're reading 1 Timothy this week. Uh, we are speeding it up a bit. We're no longer going to be reading a, uh, a book a month. What I'm hoping to do is get us through all the books of the New Testament uh, before the end of the year. So we're going to be reading pretty quick um, together. It's not hard. I mean, you got an entire week to read, what, six chapters of 1 Timothy? And I'm going to say go ahead and add 2 Timothy, because we're going to pretty much cover 2 Timothy this morning, all right? We're going to, we're going to cover the whole book. It's like a summary, it's, uh, it, it, and you're going to be able to go home and read it, and you're going to say, yeah, we talked about that, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. You're going to have read pretty much the entire book of 2 Timothy, and it's amazing. You know, we look at that big old fat book, those 66 books, and we say, there is no way that I can read that yes you can you can read the word of god we sit down in front of a television show a ball game for 3 hours and we don't flinch but then when it comes to picking up the word of god listen listen to it it's okay i have people walk up to me all the time they say is it okay to listen to it praise god bury the word Imagine the alternatives. Imagine what else you could be listening to. So whatever your day is, if you're riding down the road, if you're driving somewhere far off or you're just driving back and forth to wherever or out cutting grass, stick them stick them pods in and just listen to the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to bury itself because here's what will start happening. You'll start going through life and you'll start remembering things and you'll come into situations and and... You're not going to be drawing on what someone once told you. You're going to start drawing on what the Word of God says. Well, God says this. I remember Paul told Timothy this. I remember Jesus once talked about this. I remember. Why? Because we buried the Word of God deep in our heart. Last week we started in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus' final words. Oh, some of Jesus' final words there to go make disciples. Remember, we were talking about baptism and how uh, he set the example, and he, he told us to go and make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This morning, we're also going to look at a very personal letter. It's Paul's, uh, most people will say it's Paul's last letter he ever wrote, and he writes it to Timothy. Uh, He writes other pastoral epistles, prison epistles. He writes other things, but this one is the end. He literally says it at the end of 2 Timothy. He's like, look, my time has come. People's final words matter. Um, I know... I know my mama, you know, she died. She's, she's gone home. She's with the Lord. And, you know, I would love to be able to sit down with her and ask her questions. I would love to to still find out, Mama, how did you cook so-and-so? Mama, how did you do this? Mama, what did you do here? Tell me about back then. Tell me, you know, you would love to sort of know, wouldn't you? Every one of you understand exactly what I'm saying. I can imagine Timothy picked this letter up often after... He had received it. I can imagine that P- Timothy even picked this letter up oft- often after Paul had passed on and read through those words, combed through those words once again, and was reminded and was encouraged was reminded, was told what to do, was told what to say, was told how to live, was told what was to come, was told how to do from now on. Literally, that's what the book is. When you read it, that's where they are. And here's the thing. I'm just pointing to where they are on the page. That's what. Whether you listen to it or where you read it, you start to see the Word of God and it comes alive. And you even know where it's at on the actual page. We have this letter. Paul here is in a bad place. He's literally in a prison. It's a cold prison. He asked Luke to bring, hey, go ahead and for sure bring that cloak because it's cold here and it's wet here. And they it, it wasn't, it wasn't their maximum security is probably different than our maximum security today. It was it was there was no hope. Look over in Second Timothy beginning chapter four. This is where we are. Chapter 4, verse 6. These are his final words. His whole letter is his final words. How do you know? Because in chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. That is a promise. That is a reminder for us even in this room today. We love, we long for that time to where when we can leave this earthly cloak and temple behind and step into his presence, there's no reason to be afraid of it. There's no reason for us to fear death. We say, well, I don't want to go because, you know, I may miss something. Listen, what's there is far better. 100 years from now, we're all there. Little one in the back, 90 years from now, we're all there. God, some of us 50 years, some of us 30 years, some of us in the next not long. We're there. He says, look, there's there's a reward. There's a reward. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also all who loved his appearing. Do not dread death. Do not dread his return. Therein lies the urgency. Therein lies the, hey, this past Wednesday night we talked about how, look around the room, there's a truckload of people at Chapel Hill this morning, and yet not very far from here, literally not very far from here, are people who do not even know we exist. And I'm not talking about strangers. I'm not talking about visitors. I'm I'm talking about people who literally drive up and down these roads all the time, every day of their life, and they do not know we're here. Mind-boggling. There's an urgency to taking the message to them. Taking the message of the gospel to a lost and a dying world. We don't know what they would act. We don't know what they'll say. We don't know how they'll respond. This book is an encouragement. Timothy is in a, in a down place. He's been pastoring the church of Ephesus for some time now. Jump back over to chapter 1. He's been pastoring the church for some time now. And there are struggles going on. His mentor Paul is in prison about to die. There's the, there's the constant... Pressure on Paul for all the churches out there. And you can only imagine that young Timothy is one of those churches that's on his mind. That church there in Ephesus. And listen, you in this room, this book, yes, it's a very personal letter. It's a very intimate letter. It's a, it's a I won't say love letter, but it's a, it's a heartfelt, poured out, For somebody that he had walked with and who he had mentored and who he really cared for, it's his final words. And Timothy is down. And he says this over in chapter 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. If you're in this room today, you and you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? He has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of power. He has given us boldness. We're not to be timid about our faith. The society and the world around us, he talks about that later over in chapter 3. Evil men and imposters will grow from bad to worse. That is a reality that exists not just in Paul and Timothy's days, but for sure in our day. But guys, we're not to be timid in our faith. We're not to be timid in our walk. We're to be bold in our faith. We. Everybody else talks about everything else. Why can't we talk about what matters to us? What matters to them, they're vocal about it. What matters to us, we should be vocal about it. We should be bold in our witness. And it's, it's, it's commonplace to get down. It's commonplace to allow. Ministry can get hard. Life can get hard. The walk, this walk that we're every single one called to be living. It can be the enemy is not, I've said it so many times, he is not rolling out a red carpet for you and I. The enemy does not wake up and say, oh goody, they're awake. The enemy has an, a target and a bullseye on every single one of us and he is steadily throwing landmines and throwing snares and traps and fiery darts and arrows at us constantly. And you know, sometimes we need a good kick in the rear and a reminder to, hey, hey, you, wake up. Fire it back up. Get back in the game. Okay, you've been in the stands long enough. The fight's down there. Quit hiding in the locker room. Get back out and fight. Hey, you, that's you. Every single one of us, if you're a Christian, there's a tendency, there's a Christian, there's a tendency to, hey, stick our faces out into the public and say, hey, I've trusted Christ as Savior. I'm a believer. And then get smacked right back in. Oh, you're one of them. Oh, you're better now. You're too good for us now. So you're going to judge us now. And all those comments and all those attacks, you know what it does? It causes most believers to retreat. I'm not gonna say that again, so I'm just gonna kinda of, I'm just gonna kinda of walk my walk in private. I'm gonna sort of go along and, and I'm gonna run with the crowd and act like the rest and do what everyone else is doing. And I'm just gonna silently be a believer. Look on up chapter 1, verse 13. Retain. The standard of sound words which you have heard from me and the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And guard, listen to this church. This letter could be written to every single one of us as believers. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. When you look at your Your faith, when you look at your your walk, is is something more than. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. We, we, We explain it as a gift. Hey, it's a gift. Yes, it's a gift, it's a treasure. You've been given something. You've been given a gift from God. You've been given and entrusted by God. He he could have given it to somebody else, but no, he tagged you. uh, For whatever reason, he saw fit to save you and he made you his very own and he brought you into the family. It's, It's nothing to shrink back from. It's a treasure that we've been entrusted with and we're to be bold with this treasure. Every one of us be bold with this treasure. I look out over. I wonder what Pentecostals would be doing right now. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to do this one more time. Can we practice Pentecostalism, charismaticism? Hey, you've been trusted with a treasure. That's exciting, right? I'm sorry if you're charismatic or Pentecostal and you're watching this video. Baptists don't get it. You go too far the other way. Shame on you, too. Guys, we're not even timid around the world. We're timid around our own people. We're not just timid out there in public. We won't even say amen in this room. Raise your hand and you're charismatic. You're Pentecostal. You're labeled. You're one of them, oh, preacher doesn't let some of them holy rollers come in here. He needs to check. We need to go rewrite who can come in and who can't. And got too excited. Guys, you've been entrusted with the gospel. You have been entrusted with the good news of the gospel. It is not something to shrink back from. It is not something to be timid about. It is not something that you and I are to just tuck away and privately have as our own. So far as to say in chapter 2, look at chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in you in Christ Jesus. And notice this it's so much, the Christian walk is so anti uh, by yourselfism. I'm going to do my, my walk on my own little islandism. I mean, it is so anti that Paul literally tells his young Timothy, he says, look, go entrust this. Go go, bring some others along. He says it right there. The things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to intern. Entrust these to faithful men who will in be able to be interned. Entrust these to faithful men. I know it don't read like that, but that's what it's saying. Look at what it says. The things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It is a a multiplying, multiplication. It is not a me and mine. That's that's all. Guys, we got to be bringing others on. That's why people a quarter mile from this place don't have a clue you're here. Chapel Hill. That's why people a mile from here, there's a church on that hill. Listen, putting it on a sign and blowing it up on Facebook and reels and likes and thumbs up and attaboys does not even touch you and I walking up to somebody and saying, "Hey, where do you go to church? Love for have you to come go with us? Hey, if you died today, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Hey, I got ten thousand reasons. We sing about ten thousand reasons that God is so good. God is so good. God is so good." It's not something that we just sing and get all excited on a Sunday morning about. What about the rest of the week? Continue on and bring folks along, Timothy. Entrust it to others. This isn't something you do on an island all by yourself. You bring others along. Verse 14, Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Guys, we got to know this book. Okay, If we're out there bringing others along, we've got to know what we're talking about. We've got to be bearing it in our heart. It's got to be a conversation that we have. We've got to know it. We don't shrink back from it. We're not afraid of it. We're not timid about it. We're to go boldly into that world right out those doors and talk about it. Talk about it. Look down at verse 22. Now flee from useful lust and pursue righteousness. Flee one, we've been talking about in all of Paul's letters. He's always talking about taking off and put it off. Flee one and pursue the other. Get rid of this stuff and chase after this stuff. But refuse, verse 23. But refuse, foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. That's not us. That's not who we are. The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps, here's the deal, here's the deal. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. The way we respond matters. The way we carry ourselves matters. Because how we act, you never know. God may use that to bring them to, to know Him as Savior. What the Bible told, that's what Paul told Timothy. Act this way. And here's the deal. It's easy to, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, it's going to be easy. No, it's not. It's easy to say that the world's going to roll out a carpet. They're not world don't want to hear this world don't want to hear that you can't do it on your own the world don't want to hear that there's no hope apart from christ the world don't want to hear truth the world wants to hear you're good you're okay you're a winner you're number one biblically you're a sinner and you're going to go to die you're going to die and go to hell if you don't repent and trust Christ as Lord and Savior. The world don't want to hear that. Paul knew that even less than 2000 years ago. He's in prison, date written somewhere, I don't know, 66, 67, 68. Doesn't matter. But even back then Paul wrote this. Look at chapter 3 verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. And this is where Paul is sending young Timothy. This is where we're seeing every single day difficult times will come. I I mean, I've read this all my life. And it was just as clear back when I first got saved in the 80s. As it was when I was a teenager reading this in the 90s and in college in the 90s, and as a as a young pastor, this is so clear. Every time I read it, I'm like, are you Paul? Was Paul watching Fox News? Was Paul reading the paper? That's what I thought. I thought that when I was a kid. I'm like, wow, this dude was on to something. And you know what? If God, if Christ tarries, this will continue to be how it is. For men to be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied His power. Avoid such men as these, and yet we're told to go out amongst them and live. He tells Paul, he tells tells Timothy, verse verse 10, now you followed my teachings, You, you watched me, here's the deal, here's how they act, Janice and Jambres treated Moses this way, you see what you're going out into, but now here's the deal, you have an example in me of how to act. In church, you don't have an example in me how to act, but we have an example in the Word of God how to act. And he tells Timothy this. He says, now, verse 10 of chapter 3, now you followed my teachings, my conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecution, and the sufferings. He's like, you even saw it happen. Such As happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. You've seen this work. You've seen it work. And indeed, all who desire to live godly lives will be persecuted. Verse 14, you, however, there's a lot of you's in this. When you read it this week, notice how personal this letter is to Timothy. Take it personal to you. You, however, in the midst of madness, you, however, in the midst of of a world that seems like it has lost its ever-loving mind, You, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. Well, Shannon, how do I how do I go? How do I go out there in this world and be ready? You've got to know the word. You can't self-help. You can go Google it. You can go research it. You can go become a master in it. But apart from the Word, you're not in truth. Finally, in chapter 4, verse 1, He says, I solemnly charge you. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, is to judge the living and the dead. And by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word. And the rest of this, listen to this. When? When, when? when are we to be ready? Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they not, will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will... Turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Church, this mystery that's been entrusted to you as a Christian, this good news, this gospel, this relationship, that you've been entrusted with is not to be held in a secret place but is to be made public. The world's not going to say, oh, goody, another Christian's going to tell me how bad I am and need Jesus. They're not going to do that. But here's the deal. The world does need Jesus they're not going to be they're not just going to swing the doors open and say come on in i'm ready for you to tell me that i'm lost and in need of a savior but you know what they are lost and in need of a savior and it's ours to carry it's our ministry to fulfill for such a time as this if you're a christian today If you're a Christian in this room today, tag. You're it. You've been commissioned. You've been given. You have the good news of the gospel. Do not. Do not. Do not. I love that. Lord, just like really shine that out bright. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient with wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance. That is the people that we go out there to, and when we take the good news to them, and they start in on us. Be wise as serpents and be gentle as doves. Be instant, in season and out of season. Be ready to reprove, rebuke, exhort. Be, be ready, because you never know. God may use your conversation to draw somebody who is headed straight to a devil's hell into a broken, humbled. Relationship with the Lord Jesus. Don't take what's been entrusted to you lightly. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. View it like that. Just because you're not vocationally called or vocationally missionally sent, you have been Brought into the family for a purpose. And that's to reproduce. Go find others. Who will in turn go find others. Who will in turn go find others. Father God, here we sit. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and your obedience to even go and be buried. Allow yourself to be buried in a borrowed tomb. You didn't stay there. You rose victorious over death. You are alive today. And God, you have called many, I pray, all. But God, if there's one who is, who is playing church, who is, who is playing with fire, who has to this point heard time and time and time again and rejected and said no to you. Holy Spirit of God, draw them to yourself. Break that stony heart, Lord. Give them a new heart. Give them a new walk. Lord, but for those who in this room that are Christians and have been Christians for some time now, God, don't let us shrink back Don't let us carry the gospel timidly, but with boldness. the mystery that we've been entrusted with. Take it to others and and live pure lives. Walk walk worthy of your your calling. Walk worthy of your name. And and realizing that that in the last days, people are just going to be straight up messed up. But God, we, as for us, it doesn't matter what they're doing or what they're saying. As for you, you continue in the things heard and believed in, fulfill your ministry. God, help us to fulfill our ministry. Help us, King Jesus, fulfill our ministry. We're going to give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.